Pearl Time is brought to you by Camp Lighthouse, which provides a free Christian camp for kids who otherwise could not experience it. Camp Lighthouse has a vision to be the light of Jesus in a dark and broken world, one person at a time. This is also the purpose of this podcast, where we will dive into biblical truth and hear insightful interviews from ministry leaders who are living out those truths each day. Turtle Time is the name of the rest time period during the summer camp ministry at Camp Lighthouse. So our hope is that you will experience a little rest in the middle of your busy and chaotic week. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Turtle Time. I'm going to be your host today, Allison Reeves, and I'm really excited because today we're going to go back in time to a couple episodes ago to add a part two to our episode about building young leaders. We heard from Tyler Johnson about how he helps to build up young leaders in his coaching as well as um, a student pastor, and we talked about 1 Timothy. Now, later in this episode, I've interviewed another one of our student pastors, Caroline McClendon, about how she builds strong relationships with the middle and high school students at our church. And we're going to be looking at the very last chapter in 1 Timothy today, specifically with the final charge to Timothy. The final charge to Timothy really reminds me of the letters that we write to people who are graduating or getting married or making a big life change, where we try to impart encouragement and wisdom. The final charge to Timothy really reminds me of the letters that we write to people who are graduating or getting married or making a big life change where we try to impart encouragement and wisdom. So at my school, when I graduated high school, we were given a stack of letters and these letters were letters that had been written to us by previous teachers from kindergarten even, um, coaches, people in the community that wanted to write a letter to give you advice and wisdom about going into college. And I remember looking at that stack of letters and thinking, oh my goodness, this is an incredible amount of wisdom from some really awesome people that made a big impact in my life. And I can't believe that it's all right at my fingertips. Like these people took time out of their day to sit down and write me a letter. And that always made a really big impact on me as I was reading through those and just seeing that somebody even took their time to give me advice and help me to get ready for my next chapter um, going to Clemson. So I, as a teacher now, have been given the opportunity to write these letters for some of my students as they graduate and move on into the next chapter of life. But I've noticed that sometimes it's really hard to give somebody advice because change is hard and giving advice can also kind of be convicting. We sometimes sit down to write a letter and we recognize that the advice that we're giving to somebody is not advice that we took ourselves. But I actually think that's why we have so many self-help books that have been written. Um, If you go into the self-help section of Barnes & Noble, you will find literally hundreds of books that give you advice on maybe even the same topic like finances or fitness or reaching your personal goals. I think a lot of those self-help books probably were written because there were people who tried a lot of things that didn't work, and then they're trying to tell their readers not to make the same mistakes they did and just to follow their plan that actually did work. Skip the parts that I should have and achieve your goals much quicker than I did. 
The great thing about reading through Paul's letters is that Paul, the original self-help author, was inspired by the Lord to write every word that he wrote. And since all scripture is God-breathed, this self-help book is actually a God-help book. And this final piece from 1 Timothy reminds me a lot of a graduation letter to Timothy. So I'm going to read different sections and we're going to talk about what that might look like in a graduation letter you would find today. So I'm going to start in verse 11. So we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this, all this being false teachers and the love of money, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, what stood out to me in this section was fight the good fight of faith. Doesn't being a Christian sometimes feel like you're fighting with the world? I can imagine that in today's graduation letter, we might word it like this. Dear graduate, fight against the world's influence, social media's power, and the temptations that we're faced with in person and online. Fight for Jesus. Fight that he would be the center of your life. And fighting takes planning, effort, and passion. So do whatever you have to do to make sure that Jesus remains the center of your life. So now we move on to verse 13, and it says, In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Christ Jesus. Keep this command without spot or blame. Now we know it's impossible to be perfect, but I imagine if this part was in today's graduation letter, it might sound like, do your best to continue to improve upon who you are and keep your values. If possible, stay above reproach. For example, if you go to that party where there are illegal things going on and a cop comes in, even if you are not doing the illegal things, you will be suspected of doing wrong. Stay an extra step back from danger or wrongdoing. Now, I feel like that's important to put in any graduation letter, but especially for Timothy as he is going to now be leading the young church. It was very important for these young Christians to make sure that they were an extra step away from danger or wrongdoing because they were starting a movement that would eventually change the entire world. So verse 17, we're going to skip over verses 15 and 16 because I want to make sure we get to the very end of this section. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, this part of the graduation letter might be more where you put your hope than about being rich, being that typical college freshman or the definition of broke college kid. 
But I imagine that if we were to rewrite this in today's graduation letter, it might look something like this. Your hope should be in the Lord. Not in your popularity, not in your grades, not in your relationship status, and if you happen to have any, not in your wealth. Everything other than the Lord can and will fail you. When you fall, you will want something to fall on. Faith is the best, most comforting cushion there is. So the last part of this section of Timothy says in verse 20, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have departed from the faith. So lastly, Timothy is given a command and a warning. He is commanded to guard the early church. He is also warned about godless chatter and opposing ideas of knowledge. Sometimes for people who are moving into a new chapter of life, it will be the first time that their beliefs will be challenged. For Timothy, he was being told to guard that early church from Rome, but also against pagan beliefs. For today's graduation letter, it may look like this. There will be people in this world that will try and debate you on your faith. They may come at you with intelligent arguments or even passionate anger. But guard your heart and return to the truth found in God's word. It doesn't confuse. It brings peace. So, overall, this last charge given to Timothy is like a graduation letter. It reminds us to fight the good fight of faith. Keep out of trouble, put your hope in something that lasts, and return to the truth when people try to come at your beliefs. My hope is that you read through this passage and God speaks to you as if it is a letter for you as you transition into a new chapter of life. If you aren't in a major transition now, you may be soon. Or you may know someone who could use this encouragement and wisdom during this season of their lives. God's word is living and useful for us to learn about ourselves or share with others. So next, we're going to hear from Caroline, who, just like Paul to Timothy, mentors young Christians in our community and helps them to fight the good fight of faith. Thanks for listening. Turtle Time is brought to you by Camp Lighthouse, which provides a free Christian camp for kids who otherwise could not experience it. Camp Lighthouse does this by partnering with various homeless transitional centers and community ministries around Atlanta. They bring their kids to camp for several days and nights of fun, fellowship, laughter, and worship. The goal is for each camper to have their own counselor. This allows the counselor the opportunity to be the light of Jesus in each child's life in a real and deeply relational way. If you would like to learn more about this ministry or how you can support it, go to camplighthouse.org. All donations go directly towards helping kids experience the light of Jesus, one person at a time. Now, back to our show. All right, guys, welcome back to Turtle Time. I am your host today, Allison, and I'm here with Caroline. Caroline Freemeyer, but now McClendon. This is so exciting. She got married, gosh, when was it now? March. So how many yeah. months is that? Six months. Gosh, Crazy. six months ago, which is so exciting. Um, but Caroline and I have known each other for probably over 10 years yeah. at this point. 15. Wow, gosh, we're old. We're old. Look at us. <laughs> we're mature. Um, but Caroline is a student life pastor at Mount Pisgah United Methodist Church. And 
I talked to Tyler last month about training up young leaders, and Tyler does a lot of coaching on the outside of of his job as well. That's part of his job is Very coaching. Very athletic. Very athletic. Not my um, strong suit. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> We're not all blessed with the athletic talents. We are sometimes blessed with some of our relational things, which I feel like that's that's really where God has given you your skills. Um, is relating to students and helping them to grow and become the best versions of themselves, but also feel comfortable to talk to you about the places where they fail. Um, so what I've talked about today has been in First Timothy, um, and I want to reiterate verses 11 and 12. So First Timothy, we're in chapter 6, 11 says, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And the first part of 12 says, fight the good fight of the faith. So Caroline, you work with our high school students and sometimes it's really hard to fight the good fight of faith, right? Especially in the world that we live in. Um, what have been some things that you've had to walk through with students where you've had to help them stay on that path when it's so easy to veer off? Yeah, I think it is. It is so easy to veer off and it is staying in constant relationship with the Lord through all of high school is nearly impossible. And I was having a conversation with Will Goodwin from um, the counseling center. And we were talking about how difficult it would be as a student to be doing one thing, even if that activity wasn't awesome, and then to change your mind and live a different way and how hard it would be to step out of what you're already doing because you don't really have a ton of autonomy anywhere else in your life. Your classes are chosen for you. Your home life is chosen for you. Everything is monitored. And why would this be the one area of your life where all of a sudden you can make this big change? And I just start with that because that gave me a lot of perspective on this is not easy Mm. and it is not, it's not simple and it's not always straightforward. Right. And just having that grace for ourselves and for the students of it is difficult to fight the good fight and to maintain in that constant relationship and so just starting from that place of understanding that it isn't straightforward Mm. and you and I grew up literally at Mount Pisgah and for a lot of my life following God was very straightforward and I wasn't super attracted to the things of the world and gossip and drinking and none of that was super enticing to me, thankfully. But honestly, that was just because the Lord and I connected so early on so strongly because of other things in my life. So we were instantly connected. So I have to remind myself a lot that that is not the case for everybody and it is not simple and straightforward. So given that in mind, I think the first step in really helping students fight the good fight is to figure out what the other obstacles are that are going on. Right. And so actually getting to know students. Mm. So if I go up to a student that I don't know and I'm like, hey, you need to be more engaged. You need to be reading scripture more. They're like, well, you don't know me. Right. <laughs> so you, you, don't, you don't know what I have going on in my life. You don't know totally. how that's going to help me, whatever. And so I think really having that relationship mm. with the students and understanding what is your specific fight look like? Yes. Because fighting the good fight for me has been very different than it's been for you. Yes. And so helping students unpack, like, what is your specific Mm. area where you are meant to chase after the Lord and pursue and fight the good fight and show other people what that looks like. 
So that has been really cool of just like getting to know students, which for me is my favorite part about camp. Right. It's one-on-one. Right. And so every single time, like as I get to learn how to have these relationships with students, we get to then show them how to have those relationships with their campers. Mm. And then they get to then have that same conversation with their camper of like, what does your fight look like? What does yes. your life look like? How can I help you kind of unpack those things? Yes. So I think that is the first big step of just like having understanding and getting in to have those conversations mm. and get to know who they are and what their specific fight looks like. And then I think the thing that has really stuck with me the most is that when I got to college, I realized, I think I, think I was able to put words to the fact that Jesus is the realest thing that there is. Mm. And that was groundbreaking because yes. in high school, in middle school and high school, Jesus was absolutely my best friend and the Holy Spirit and I were in constant communication and it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And then I got to college and got to see so much more of the world and meet so many more people. And it was just so reassuring that Jesus is the realest thing. I'm not going to grow out of this. I'm not going to get to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, I just like went to church when I was in high school. My whole life is Jesus. And that is one of me, one of the most encouraging things I think to hear as a student of like, there are a million things pulling you in different directions and your world is very localized to your school and your sports Mm -hmm. and this is it. And it's confusing and it's difficult and it feels small and also huge all at the same time. And I think having that realization that Jesus actually is the realest thing. It is you and Jesus for the rest of your life, no matter what your life looks like, no matter the highs and the lows and what your family looks like and all those things, it will always be you and Jesus forever. And knowing that Mm. changes the fight because it's forever and Jesus is real. He is everything he's cracked up to be and so much more. People say, what would, what would your life look like if you actually believed everything the Bible said? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that would be groundbreaking. Yeah. That would actually change the way that we interact with every single person, every how we think about person. ourselves, how we talk about ourselves, how we talk yep. about other people. So I think just leaning into that mm. and knowing that Jesus is the realest thing possible. Yep. He comes through every single time mm-hmm. and trusting back to that. And it is the most worth it thing. Like I think in yes. high school, you have a million options available to you. Oh yeah. And so it's unpacking like, okay, which one of these options is actually going to be Mm -hmm. worth it? Mm -hmm. If I lean into this one area, if I put all of my time and effort into sports and then maybe I get injured and I can't play sports anymore. Right. Okay. That's going to feel not worth it. Right. If I give everything into my academics and then, and it's great. Maybe I'm become valedictorian. Cheers. Then what do I have? It wasn't worth it. And so unpacking your, you're always testing out what is going to be worth it. Mm. Jesus is the only thing that is above and beyond worth it every single time Absolutely. and life with Jesus. And so I think that is one of the best ways to start figuring out how to fight the good fight. Definitely. I feel like the way too, that you were talking about, like putting effort into those relationships with the students, I see that in teaching. Like if I tell a student that I need them to, I'm a drama teacher. If I tell them they need to, make a change in a scene. And if I haven't put in the relational effort of showing them, first of all, why it even matters that I'm telling them this, but also that 
it's coming from a place of love and a place of yes. encouragement, then the change is made in a different heart, right? Yeah. Like then there's less of a, oh, I was being corrected and more of I was being guided. Yeah, and coached and loved. And coached, that. exactly. And I know that you do a really awesome thing where you just offer up times where you're like, hey, I'm at Starbucks, I'm at Cafe LA, I'm at these places in our local area. Like, come find me if you want to. How did that start? Did somebody do that for you? And what have you seen come from those like, hey, it's just a meet up with me time? Yes. So when I was in high school, grew up at Pisgah and Alan was my youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And Alan 100% shaped so much of what my faith is now. And a lot of that came from watching him preach. And a lot of that came from watching him lead. But most of it, came from the one-on-one times Mm -hmm. where I got to be like, Alan, this is what my life looks like. Yep. What on earth am I supposed to do? Sure. And I would, was able to take so many different things to him and get his perspective and his wisdom. Cause a lot of it is just like, I know I'm in high school. Yep. I know I have not lived enough life. You, Alan, you're so old. You have (laughs) lived some life. Tell me, help me through this. And so those times were really, really huge for me just to be able to honestly process what was going on in my life and figure out what next steps to take. And I think honestly, one of the most powerful parts of my story is that I have always been surrounded by older women that loved Mm. God. And that is something that I hold very, very important. And when I moved to college, I was like, all right, where are the older women that love God that are going to help me get through this and just spend as much time with those people as I could. And so now I get to spend a lot of time with the moms of our students. And Mm -hmm. it is just really, really cool to hear from people who have walked with God for a really long time, because this is true with anybody, but the more time somebody comes through for you, the more that you believe they're going to come through for you. Wow. Yeah. And so getting to hear from people who have 40, 50 years of life with God, they're so confident Completely. and they know they're like, yeah, this is really scary or really overwhelming, but mm. God has never let me go. Yeah. And so I know that he's going to come through and I feel like getting that understanding and that perspective every time of me being like, I know he's come through for me every time and he's come through for this person and this person and this person. And so just having that discipleship and relationship with older women has been so powerful for me. Mm. And now it is so fun to get to sit at Starbucks and have those times with students and just be available. And sometimes you meet with someone and you don't really talk about anything. You just talk about life and the weather and whatever. And sometimes it feels like, ah, We didn't really like get into it, you know? Sure. But maybe that was the conversation that made them feel comfortable with me. So the next time we talk, they're safe enough to open up. Definitely. I'm a very open person. So I'm like, I'll tell anybody anything on day one, you know, (laughs) but that's not true for everybody. So building those stepping stones. And then sometimes we sit down at Starbucks and someone's like, "Uh, I know everybody in here. So we're going to need to like go over here because I got to tell you all the things. And so, and then they just dive in. So I think just being available for those Mm. conversations is really big. And I used to think that Alan had a ton of great wisdom and he does, but what he's best at is asking questions. That's awesome. And he just knows how to help you unpack and get to that layer. And so now like I don't put a ton of pressure on myself I'm not fixing anybody's problems. Like I don't have some magic solution other than Jesus. And so 
it's always just about like, okay, how do we process this? What kind of questions can I ask to help you unearth what you're actually feeling, what you're actually going through? Absolutely. And I, I think what a blessing that because somebody did that for you, you're able to do that for them. I think about so many times that we, um, hear about like traumatic events causing other people to have traumatic events, right? Like that sort of a domino effect, but in the most positive way, when people pour into you, you're able to pour into others. And I just love that. That's exactly what happened with Paul and Timothy and Barnabas, right? Like this positive pouring in, um, so Caroline, thank you so much for telling me all of these awesome things and, and reminding me too that like those one-on-one conversations, even though we might not see the fruit immediately, like Jesus works through every single conversation that we have yeah. when we have his goal and his um, relationship at the forefront. Yeah. So that's something that I'm going to take into teaching as well um, and that we can really take into all parts of our lives. Yeah. And I think having those conversations with the Holy Spirit first. Yes. And before I meet with someone, I always sit down and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you are in charge of this conversation. Yes. I don't know what they need. Right. I'm on, a lot of times we feel unprepared going into those conversations because yeah. you don't know what somebody's going going yeah. through, but the Holy Spirit does. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is never caught off guard. Yep. And so knowing that, starting that conversation from that place of, okay, I feel very connected to the Spirit and... I'm going to let the spirit speak through me and answer this person's questions or ask them different things is such a safe way to do it because it isn't ever about what we have to offer. You know, it's just about what the Lord has to say through us. And I feel like that is one of the coolest, coolest things. And when I don't do that, the conversations are not always as as fruitful. And so thinking about heading into those conversations and taking a moment to say, okay, Holy spirit, you have control. That's fantastic. Awesome. Thank you, Caroline, for talking to me. And I will see you guys in a couple weeks for our next episode.